1: of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the wall.
0: Listen to the watchman on the wall.
1: gentlemen this is vincent xavier pastor of new wine ministries great to be with you today we're going to have a wonderful broadcast brother don huddle is going to be joining us on the air in just a little while i want to begin today's broadcast with a passage of scripture coming out of revelation chapter 12 revelation chapter 12 and i want to look at verse 12 therefore rejoice you heavens and you that dwell in them woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath because he knows that he has but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast under the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent and the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood and the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Well, praise the Lord. What is the solution to this vicious, furious, demonic war against the body of Christ? Well, I want to go back now to verse 11. And verse 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto the death well what does it mean to be an overcomer today we know in the last days there will be overcomers and the question is are you an overcomer are you on your way to becoming an overcomer am i an overcomer am i in the process of becoming an overcomer. What does it mean to be an overcomer in the climate of today? In the atmosphere of a rising world government, in the rising of a beast, of a principality, of a power that is going to control the entire world through a one world government, a one world court, a one world military power, a one world religion. Everything is going in the direction of one world who will control the narrative. And like during the rest of the church age, those who go against the narrative, those who will not recant, will be burned at the stake if they're not in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. And so we're going to talk today about being an overcomer in a growing environment of the adversary, the devil, rising to power. And so that's our beginning here today. What does it mean to be an overcomer? And what about the climate that is growing all around us today? I want to talk about that as well. But before I go any further, I want to bring a blessing to you today. And that blessing is found in the counting of the Omer. For those of you who are willing to celebrate the Feast of the Lord, which began on The fourth day of creation, where God put it into the record, the annals of time, that on the fourth day of creation, God created the sun, moon, and stars for signs and seasons. The word seasons is moed, which means a assembly, a time of celebration, literally for feast. The Lord had his feast in mind before man ever walked upon this earth, and he shared his own desire with his people. And I believe that the feasts were celebrated with Adam and Mrs. Adam, with Cain and Abel, who were bringing their offerings to the Lord. I believe there's incredible biblical evidence that the feasts of the Lord are something very intrinsic to the heart of our Father, very valuable, very important to him. For therein, the feasts of the Lord, Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit revealed, the very deity of God in each one of the feasts, and so much more. And for all who have ever participated in the feasts of the Lord, there is an intrinsic work that is developed. It is a work of God from the inside out, a revelation, an understanding, wisdom, knowledge of what each one of these feasts mean and how they impact our lives as believers today. So the blessing today, now, we know that when Passover begins, which is the first feast of the year, the the eve of Passover, the very next day, the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread begins, and that's when the counting of the Omer, which is a, a, a tenth, the Omer is a tenth, Um, that that count would begin, and they were commanded, the children of Israel, the first part of this giving of the Omer, they were commanded to bring a, a daily count, a count and Omer every day for seven full weeks or 49 days, and on the 50th day, the next great feast of the Lord would be Shavuot, or the Feast of Weeks, or the Feast of Harvest. And so we are in the count. And the blessing, just to show you a little bit of the uh, the mindset of the Jewish people, Israel, some of the things that God had talked about, uh, let's read the blessing today. Now, we are in the 13th day. It began last night at the setting of the sun. And tonight will begin the 14th day. And it's like a countdown to some event that you're waiting for, only two weeks until we go on vacation or whatever. All right, so here is the blessing that we are permitted to recite because we haven't done it every day publicly or corporately, okay? And so we would begin the count of the Omer, which is 13 days, and we would say this, and this is the blessing, you may want to tune in, you may want to hear this, today is 13 days, which is two weeks or one week and six days of the Omer. And here is, and what I'd really like to do here is I want to go back here, and here's how we would count the day. This is how we would count the day. May the merciful one restore unto us the service of the bet Hammakdosh to its place speedily in our days. Amen. And the bet Dash is the temple service, the service of the temple. so this is the prayer. May the merciful one restore unto us the service of the Bethamakdash to its place, speedily in our days. Amen. Now, in the New Testament, we are the temple of God, and the service to the temple of God began 2,000 years ago. And every true minister of the gospel is a service to the general body of Christ, which is the temple of the living God. So we understand this by the Spirit. This is a part of the prayer or the blessing that was for the choir master. It was a song with instrumental music, and it was a psalm of David, and here it was. May God be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his countenance to shine upon us forever. That your way be known on earth, your salvation among all nations, and we know that Yeshua is God's salvation. May it be known among all nations. The nations will extol you, O God. All the nations will extol you. The nations will rejoice and sing for joy. For you will judge the people justly and guide the nations on earth forever. And boy, we are waiting for the great shepherd of our souls, uh, the great shepherd to come and guide the nations of the earth. I believe that this is referring particularly to the 1,000-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ when God and God alone will be exalted and extolled among the nations of the earth and that Jesus Christ will be guiding the nations of the earth as the great shepherd, the people will extol you, O God. All the people will extol you for the earth will have yielded its produce and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and all from the farthest corners of the earth shall fear him. So here is a blessing to those who love God, who honor God, who flow with God, and the blessing is that God will bless us, that God will bless his people, and that all the people from the farthest corners of the earth will fear him. Again, I believe this is a prayer for what is called the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. The 1,000 years when Satan is bound, cast into a pit, there's a seal and there's a mark put upon him that he can deceive the nations no more. That day is coming. I believe that with all my heart. That day also will be a day where the beast and the false prophet will be eradicated from off the earth. They will have been sent and cast Into the lake of fire the false prophet and the beast will be cast into the lake of fire also preceding this 1,000 year millennial day this glorious day of the righteous rule and reign of Jesus Christ upon the earth with his government the overcomers mystery Babylon will have been completely obliterated it will have been totally destroyed never to rise again revelation chapter 16 begins with a time of the outpouring of the wrath of god the wrath of god is revealed in revelation 17 and 18 upon mystery babylon and then we see the total destruction of mystery babylon in revelation 19 we see that the beast and the false prophet are cast into the lake of fire in revelation chapter 20 we see that satan is bound for a thousand years So all the satanic, all the wickedness, all the evil, all the darkness is eradicated from off the face of the earth. And this prayer is for a time when those who remained, those who survived the wrath of God, uh, and now the church having come back to the earth with Jesus Christ to set up his righteous rule and reign, his government upon the earth for a thousand years, well, the whole earth will fear him and the joy of the Lord will be resounding throughout the earth. There'll be no resistance to the joy of the lord the blessing continues we implore you by the great power of your right hand release the captive accept the prayer of your people strengthen us purify us awesome one mighty one we beseech you guard as the apple of the eye those who seek your oneness bless them Cleanse them, bestow upon them forever your merciful righteousness, powerful, holy one. In your abounding goodness, guide your congregation. Only an exalted one, turn to your people who are mindful of your holiness. Accept our supplication and hear our cry, you who knows secret thoughts blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom forever and ever what a glorious prayer and yet we know when the prayer began where it said release the captive we know that yeshua came to set the captives free we know that uh where he's calling for the acceptance of the people in ephesians we have been fully accepted into the beloved we have been received by god We have been strengthened with all might according to his glorious power in our inner man. We have been purified, our hearts have been purified by faith in the atonement of Jesus Christ, the shedding of his blood. That we, the ecclesia of God, are guarded as the apple of the eye because we seek that oneness for he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So I'm bringing scripture to you in the new covenant that is a fulfillment to a prayer That was made long ago to a people that were still awaiting their Messiah. We know that we are blessed. We know that we are cleansed and washed by the blood of the lamb and that he has bestowed upon us his merciful righteousness. That's already been done. So this is a prayer and it has been fulfilled in him. So he is known as the powerful and holy one who is full of abounding goodness He guides, he says, to guide your congregation. Well, we have been given the Holy Spirit to guide us. For the Spirit of the Lord will guide you into all truth. He'll teach you all things. He'll bring back to memory all things that I've revealed unto you. So the guide of our lives is the Holy Spirit and Yeshua, the great shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he called himself the good shepherd in John chapter 10. And then we know that he says, you, uh, your people who are mindful of your holiness, and we should be a people. The New Testament ecclesia should be a people that are aware and mindful of the holiness of God. To not to treat lightly the holy works of God, the holiness of God, or to somehow bring that down to our earthen, you know, experience. We are to exalt and be mindful that God is holy, and you and I have been called to be holy too. Be ye therefore holy as your father in heaven is holy so it's a call to holiness it's a call to accept our supplications and to hear our cry you who know the secret thoughts god says he knows what we need before we ask and he tells us make your request known unto god with everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto god so the last part of this prayer is this way master of the universe you have commanded us through Moses, your servant, to count Seferat Ha Omer in order to purify us from our evil and uncleanness. Now, this is what the prayer is saying: that Moses was commanded by God to command the people to count the Seferat Ha Omer, to count the Omer, the Omer count every day for 49 days until the great feast of Shavuot. And this prayer was that it may purify us from our evil and uncleanness. Now, the purpose of the counting of the Omer is connected to the feast of unleavened bread. It was a continual count of introspection, being made aware, looking to the depths of our heart and seeing what things might need to be addressed as we continue to go after the Lord. Now, he says that you have written in your Torah, you shall count for yourselves from the day following the day of rest. This is all going back to Passover and the high holy day of Sabbath. From the day on which you bring the Omer as a wave offering, which was on the really the third day since Passover, then the first next day was unleavened bread. The third day was the feast of first fruits representing Jesus Christ, the first fruits of the resurrection, but it was on that day that the offering was brought and the priest would wave it before the Lord. So he says, from that day, you shall count for yourselves from the day following the day of rest, from the day on which you bring the Omer as a wave offering, the counting shall be for seven full weeks until the day following the seventh week shall you count 50 days so that the souls of your people, Israel, may be cleansed from their defilement. Now, we know that we have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what did Jesus tell the disciples to do after his death, burial, resurrection? He said, stay in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And what were they doing? There's no doubt that they who knew the Torah were counting and waiting in Jerusalem, and that's what the book of Acts is all about, they were waiting, and they were counting up to the 50th day. Now, on the 50th day, you go back into what was going on in the Old Testament when the children of Israel left Egypt, and 50 days later, God brought them to a mountain and gave them his law. In the New Testament, God brings his people to an upper room and gives them his spirit on the 50th day. So what is Shavuot to the Israel, Israeli economy is Pentecost to the New Testament church. The Holy Spirit was given to the church to empower it, to cleanse it, to wash it, to bring the power of the blood of the Lamb into consciousness, to do a work of sanctification, being led by the Holy Spirit. And so this is a beautiful picture of these two covenants and how one is more natural and earthly, the other is more supernatural and heavenly and spiritual. He goes on, and he said... Therefore, may it be your will, Lord our God and God of our fathers, that in the merit of the Seferat HaOmir, which I counted today, the blemish that I have caused in the Seferat Yassad Gavurah be rectified and I may be purified and sanctified with supernatural holiness. Now, the Yassad gavurah talks about strength within love, love within love. And whatever I did to blemish the love of Christ, whatever I've done to blemish this love, this strength in love, whatever I've done to weaken it, whatever I've done to blemish it, they're praying to be sanctified with supernatural holiness. And I'm here to tell you that the supernatural holiness of God is in our faith in the blood of Yeshua in the receiving of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing more supernatural that's going to happen in our lives than receiving the supernatural spirit of the living God to dwell permanently within you and I. So this is glorious. And then the prayer finishes this way. May abundant bounty thereby be bestowed upon all the worlds. May it rectify our nephesh, ruach and neshama our spirit soul and body from every baseness and defect and may it purify and sanctify us with your supernatural holiness amen silah what is he saying well the cleansing or the rectifying of the nefesh the ruach the neshama is the whole person and the prayer is that every baseness. It's being cleansed. My spirit, soul, and body is being cleansed from every baseness and defect. Now think about that. This is what God is after in the life of every true believer, is to make them whole. Spirit, soul, and body. We've been fragmented. We've been broken. We've been dead spiritually. But through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, through the grace of God, through the introduction of the Holy Spirit to live in the life of believers, through the finished work of Christ on the cross, we who are made alive again through the supernatural Holy Spirit of God, we are being made whole. That every base defect and flaw and impurity in our lives is being sanctified. But when is this prayer most active? In the season that we are in right now. If you are sensing within yourself a baseness, If you are sensing spots, wrinkles, blemishes, defects, if there are areas of your life that are just unclean and you're just not able and it's been a long road, right now is a great time to press in for personal inward holiness, sanctification, washing and cleansing, not by works, but by faith in what Jesus Christ has already paid for, what he's already done, and then the employment of the Holy Spirit in your life to do warfare against all the base defects spots wrinkles and blemishes in our souls so this is an awesome time to be counting the omer in a new covenant style laboring and longing for that purity and that holiness that you find in the prayer and may God's people desire to be fully washed fully cleansed fully sanctified By the spirit of the living God, by the shedding of the blood of the Lamb of God, by the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and our faith in all that he has done, would produce an inward environment of a holy temple in which God will dwell bodily, spirit, son, and father, the totality of God in us, which is his ultimate desire, for we are his temple. It is being prepared by the Spirit of God, by the Son of God, by the work of these two parts of the deity and the Trinity of God at work in us, preparing us, setting us in the temple to become an eternal habitation of God, a dwelling place of God himself, a mobile tabernacle of God, moving with God in control. Wow, can you imagine such a destiny? And yet that's what this whole prayer is about. You're in the season. That wherever Satan has challenged you the most, wherever your, your, your desires have been quenched by the inward uh, base defects, this is the season to deal with it. This is the time to lay claim to the finished work. In the Old Testament, they were counting, they were looking forward to something. Our work, the work has already been done in our generation. It's already done. So it's just catching up in faith and being minded and desiring what this prayer is all about. And so what are these days from Passover to Pentecost? It's a desire for cleansing. It's a remembering of the Passover lamb of God, whose blood was shed and put upon the the lentil of the homes and over your life. It's a remembering of the, uh, the efficacy of the blood that works deep in the subconscious, the blood of Christ deals with demons, the blood of Christ cleanses the to the uttermost it washes thoroughly from all iniquity the blood speaks not guilty the blood is the advocacy it is the seal of the new covenant that you and I are joined to with the father fully accepted the blood is everything and it is all powerful it answers to sin it answers to demons it answers all of their accusation and condemnation and guilt and shame against the believer. The blood speaks at the right hand of God, condemning every force of evil. And to to let you know, you are no longer a slave to sin. You don't have to live with those baseness and those defects. You can live by the powerful blood of Christ making the atonement for you, declaring you not guilty, laying possession to the power of the Holy Spirit to give you the ability to live beyond the baseness and the defects of your, your broken, fragmented parts and allow the Spirit of God to bring you beyond it, have the overcoming spirit within you, and to see God do miraculous things. This is the season that we're in. This is the season that you and I are in. So I wanted to bless you with that today. I wanted to bring that out because it is the count. And you say, well, I haven't counted in 13 days. That's okay. Tonight, when the sun sets, you re- you repeat that prayer. They prayed this every single day, the counting of the Omer. And it begins with this prayer. And it's all about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous rule and reign of Christ during the 1,000-year millennial reign where all the nations of the earth will be guided by him. So we're looking forward to something still in our generation. We're looking forward to that coming of Christ to set up his kingdom on the earth and to be a part of the ruling and reigning and to be overcomers while we're here. And to get ourselves prepared as a spotless bride without spot or blemish. Behold, I'll show you the lamb's wife. She's crystal clear. There's no spot, there's no blemish, there's no defect, there's no baseness. That is what is being prepared in your heart, in my heart, in your mind, in my mind, in all of us. The work of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit has the power over all the unclean, demonic wickedness that's growing all over the world. You do not have to be subject to it. You do not have to be like a lot laboring and languishing in sodom and gomorrah you could be like abraham on the mountaintops walking and journeying with the lord free of that filthy environment that lot had to be you do not have to be a lot you could be in covenant with abraham as abraham's children as abraham's seed you could walk with abraham on the mountains he didn't have any vexation of Sodom and Gomorrah. He was afar off watching the doom of Sodom and Gomorrah. His nephew was running for his life. And yes, there will be many Christians running from their lives out of the cities of America and around the world that are going to be burning on fire because the Bible says in the New Testament that Sodom and Gomorrah have been set as an example of what will happen to anybody or any nation, or any city that follows their example. So we know God's word cannot be thwarted. We know that fire will fall from heaven. We know it's coming, but you don't want to be in one of those cities where Sodom and Gomorrah is running rampant. It's going to be destroyed. You don't want to be a lingering lot running for your life at the last minute. You want to be part of the Abrahamic covenant, the seed of Abraham, Galatians 3, the children of Abraham, because of your faith And your faith accelerates you and lifts you up to walk upon the high places of the earth, to walk with God in the midst of all the chaos that's going on in the world. You're not vexed by Sodom and Gomorrah. You're not judged by Sodom and Gomorrah. You're not running and hiding in the mountains. You are walking in the eternal purpose of God, journeying into all the fullness of God. That's where you need to be. And it's through the blood and by the spirit of the living God that you can be living that way hallelujah becoming that spotless lamb of god that spotless bride that spotless people that spotless church anyways okay having said that i want to refer and want to bring in my brother don huddle now i want to tell you a little bit about don huddle because today we're going to talk you're going to hear things today that um are coming from a military perspective. Uh, You're gonna be listening to a brother, a man of God who has been around. He has been a police officer. He operated with the ATF. He's been around investigations. He was in Vietnam. He has been in the military intel of things for a long time. He has some good information about those things. And we need to hear, because you see the picture behind me is a nuclear bomb going off in a large area, decimating everything in its path, northeast, south, and west. And this is not make-believe. This is not never going to happen. It's something that's been prophesied to happen throughout the entire generation that we belong to. From Dimitri Dudeman, who said nuclear weapons would be detonated in major cities across the United States of America. David Wilkerson talked about the thousand fires burning in New York. Prophets of God who were not prophesying out of the imagination of their own hearts, smooth, peaceful, fluffy stuff, were speaking the truth of God. In our generation at this time, in the year 2022, there are yet those prophetic utterances and now we're watching Russia at war with the Ukraine. But there's no one I would refer to any better to talk about these things than our brother Don Hubble. So help me to welcome him on the air today. He's been patiently waiting for us. Let me make sure all of our equipment is working. Brother Don, good morning. God bless you, sir. Welcome to the broadcast. How are you today?
0: Good morning. I'm fine. How are you doing, Pastor Vince?
1: I am doing very good, sir. I love you. God bless you. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing what the Lord is going to say on this Friday, how people are going to, you know, that are tuned in, they're going to be going about their business in the, in the days ahead, and the hours ahead. And uh, there needs to be impartation, information, revelation given to them. Where are we, Brother Don? What do you have to share with us today?
0: Well, the foremost thing on my mind right now is, how's Patricia?
1: She is doing fabulous. God bless you. She is doing so much better. I suspect that she'll be with us in fellowship tomorrow, Don, and um, she'll be out there and speaking to the body and doing much better. Praise the Lord. Thank you for asking.
0: I feel a lot better when she's around. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) Yeah, we're half a man without her, no doubt. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's talk about what's foremost on everyone's mind right now, and that's nuclear war, justified with soul. Uh, Let me set something up here. Um, Let me premise something um, from my past. Uh, before we start. Uh, I was in U.S. Air Force. I was what was known as an air policeman, and then they changed it to a security policeman. And after I got out of Lackland uh, Air Force Base in Texas for training, and uh, then I went to K-9 School, they sent me to K-9 Academy for training for a patrol and sentry dogs. They immediately sent me to a base called... Uh, Wortsmouth Air Force Base in upstate Michigan. It was a strategic uh, air command. So call it a SAC Base. Very strict, very strack, and very elite. And these guys, they were running the Cold War and the nuclear deterrent, deterrent for the Cold War, which in our case was B-52 bombers. Now, on that base, they had a bomber area, and they had six to eight B-52 bombers stationed on that base in something called a uh, bomber apron or a um, bomber area. And they had them parked all together, and they had a uh, security policeman or air policeman walk around each one of them. There's a red circle uh, painted around that bomb. And the, the air policeman was to walk, continuously walk outside that circle for eight hours and not stop. Uh, if he would, there would so there would be six to eight policemen uh, walking around these buildings. If one of those, and we'd all watch each other one of those policemen stepped over that line and walked towards that bomber, the guys on the other sides of the birds would challenge him. If he didn't stop, he was immediately to be gunned down with M-16 rifles. It was not to step inside that line and approach that bird. Uh, so... Also, there was a three-man SAT team that called a special action team would watch all the sentries. And if anything happened, they would respond to that bird, relieve that uh, officer, and put another man down. About 50 uh, yards away, the crews slept underground. They were called uh, in something called a mole hole. And they were supposed to, if the claxton sounded, they were to be out of the mole hole running towards their B-52s and be in those birds and have them taxiing to take off within five minutes. They, and each bird, we were told that there was 17 times the power of every bomb dropped in World War I and II as far as a nuclear load. Our birds, we were told, were mission to Russian cities. Now, the reason I set this up is you'll hear that, well, it's just military targets. Russia just has military targets that they're going to hit in this country. That's not true. They know that we're going to hit their cities, and they're going to hit ours too. So you can count on that. They're going to hit our huge population areas uh, just to destroy the American people because we're destroying them. Now, I set that up. Uh, I I told that information so that you understand that we're on the brink of nuclear war right now more than we have ever been. People that are in Washington, D.C. that have caused this, you can call it Biden or the people that control Biden, and I don't think Biden controls anything. I think he's just a meat puppet. These people... 10 on dragging us into nuclear war, and we're right there right now. It'll start over there, but see, what's, what, the interesting thing about that is there's nuclear protocols. Nuclear protocols for us are launch on destruction. I don't think that's changed. If we get hit, then we immediately assess it and then we decide if we're going to respond, Obama and all these guys set that up, Clinton, so that we would be vulnerable and to a first hit, which goes against nuclear protocol because nuclear protocol dictates that whoever votes first has the best chance of winning. If you're going to do nuclear war, you hit first. Now, Russia has an interesting uh, protocol. Their protocol simply states that if their country is threatened with destruction, they attack. They don't wait to get hit. And that's where we're at right now. We're in a position where Russia is being pushed to attack us with nuclear weapons. And the thing is, they're not going to wait. They know that we want this. They know that the Pentagon wants this. We put them in this position. Russia is fighting for its life. NATO is bent on destroying Russia. They have been, uh, at least since 2014. They want to destroy Russia for the main reason that Russia has rejected communism. They threw off their communist government. Our government embraced it. And right now, you have had a communist overflow since January 6th in Washington, D.C., where communists are in control of our government. Their intention is to destroy the United States, plain and simple. And the simple proof is that ever since they've been in, that's all they've done is destroyed it economically. They're dragging us into a nuclear war in in, uh, in Europe, Uh Everything is on the table showing that they're trying to destroy the United States through nuclear war right now. And uh when they're confronted with it, they just basically just laugh it off and say, No, he won't do that. He won't do that. Well ask Poland uh if their gas would get cut off by Russia because Uh, They stated that, well, Russia will never do that because they'll lose all that money. Well, right now, Russia doesn't, uh, Poland doesn't have any gas. And, uh, it's my understanding, Germany almost doesn't, too, because it's the same pipeline. These Russians do not play. They're not like us. You have to understand. If you want to see the Russian mentality, go back to World War II. World War II, Germany attacked Russia. They fought them for months and months. They lost millions of men fighting off Hitler's armies, and they beat them. Now, we assisted a little bit, but mostly it was blood and guts on the ground, toe to toe between the German army and the Russian people. They are some hard people, and they don't block. Has, has Putin said and done anything he said he would not do? I haven't seen it. He said he's going to do this. He's warned. Me she's done he's done it. He's done it. He's done it. whatever he said he was going to do. Counter to the aggression that was forced by him. And right now, uh, NATO has ganged up on Putin. I mean, ganged up on Russia. They have sent in billions of t- and tons and tons of supplies to kill Russian soldiers and take out, what, 850 Russian tanks? And they're still pumping it in there. And uh, basically, NATO is involved in war against Russia, and Russia knows it. Right now, Putin has told them, if you bring any more war supplies in here, we're going to attack anyone that sends it in. Wherever those war supplies are at, we're going to attack. Now, two days ago, they sent two cruise missiles into Ukraine and blew up a huge, two huge hangars full of NATO and U.S. war supplies. Blew them into oblivion. Uh when the, the uh, head of the uh, U.N. visited there yesterday, visited Kiev, Russia sent, after meeting with him. they sent two cruise missiles into Kiev and blew up an a, a arms factory, Ukrainian arms factory, just to send a message. They're not playing. What's going to happen is it's very simple. NATO is going to be attacked in probably Poland, I'm thinking Poland, where all these supplies are funneling in. They're going to attack these warehouses in Poland. At that point, a NATO member has come under attack on NATO soil by Russia. Then NATO is going to go to Article 5 session, and all the 30 NATO countries are going to gang up on Putin. Putin has made it very clear when this happens, he's going to nuclear weapons. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean he's going to launch a first attack on the United States with these huge ICBMs that he has? Does it mean he's going to go tactical nukes on, on the battlefield? Is he going to uh, – our army, our soldiers are all in Poland right now. And, ble- and believe it or not, they're in Ukraine. A lot of them have been training in Ukraine. And what's interesting is we're not the good guys here. We're the bad guys. In 2014, Congress found out that our special forces were training Nazi soldiers in Ukraine, and they hit the roof and they stopped it. So no, you can't train Nazis. Well, the government of Ukraine is controlled by basically a Nazi army. Congress knows it. They all know it. We're backing Nazis. And Zelensky got on uh, television about a month ago, and he's speaking to Congress, and he's wearing a green T-shirt. And on the breast of that T-shirt, he has the Nazi cross. Now, no one said anything. Obviously, Obviously, Ukraine and Zelensky is controlled by fascist Nazi forces. And for him to do that is basically rubbing in everyone's face, and if the, the mix of this is so amazing. And our leaders in Washington, I'm sorry, they know it, they're not doing a thing about it, listen, And our leaders in Washington are dragging us into nuclear war simply because the people that control them want this. It's no secret that the Pentagon has wanted nuclear war with Russia for many, many years, even prophesied it. And now they have it. Right now, we are in a state of war with Russia at the very precipice of using nuclear weapons against us. And our only, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond? Yesterday, the Russian bomb shelters were ordered in the southern part of Russia to be opened to the Russian citizenry. They can put 50 million people on the ground their shelters form. What do we have? We have no civil defense whatsoever. I grew up in the fifties and sixties, where we actually were trained to try to protect ourselves from nuclear attack. I, mean, I remember as a kid, we would get underneath our school uh, desk, we, we um, put our head between our legs to prevent uh, from anything hitting us or coming down from the building, and we would that that was the extent of our training. But it's my understanding that in many, many cities, and I know this area too, we had underground facilities chocked with uh, civil defense supplies, food, water, radiological devices to protect the citizens. Right now, we have nothing. And the question that we should all be asking ourselves is, when you turn on the radio or you get alert on your, your phone like happened in Hawaii, about two years ago, that nuclear missiles are incoming into the United States. What will you do? Where are you going to go? You know? So that's a question that, that we all should be asking ourselves right now. And this is not fear mongering. This is facts. This is common sense. And we all should be preparing somehow... To answer that question, what will we do when, when nuclear missiles are incoming to the United States? If we're alerted, what will we do? And that's, that's foremost on my mind right now because I realize the gravity of this situation, There's many others are due to treason that has occurred against the American people by our leaders in Washington is unfathomable. Uh, they've been bought off. They've been blackmailed off at the highest levels, and now we're reaping the whirlwind of what that means. It's judgment, and I and I will say, right now, the United States, as far as its system, as far as its government, they have become enemies of God. And God will repay, and at the end of the day, these people that somehow think they're so special, they're going to just walk through this, and they're, they're going to win, and Russia's going to back down, they're all going to be destroyed, and the thing is, uh, they're going to take millions of Americans, innocent Americans, with them, because nuclear war is final, and The weapons that are being unleashed on us, that will be unleashed on us, some of these weapons, we haven't even heard of And Putin even said that a couple days ago. We have weapons you don't know anything about. Does Russia want to use them on us? No. But what they're trying to do is simply act in self-defense of their own country because NATO... The United States basically runs NATO. They are bent on destroying Russia. This is what it's all been about. They, they hate Russia. They want Russia gone. They, they want Putin gone. But see, it's not just Putin. There's a whole leadership in Russia. Some, some of them call it the Politburo. Uh, there's a new name for them, the committee or something like that. There's plenty of people to take Putin's place that believe that they're protecting Russia. Russia is all about protecting Russia. The United States, they're all about giving the United States away to the world. I mean, the leaders in Washington, D.C., obviously do not care anything about protecting the United States. They've ran it into the ground. They've opened the southern borders, Legions upon legions of people, They'll have nothing to offer this country other than to just take from it. And any country that doesn't protect its own borders, it's not even a country. Mm-hmm. And that's the mess that these traitors in Washington have placed us in. And now they're getting ready to push their nuclear weapon on us and make sure that it is pushed. And that's where we're at right now. And... Uh, the only thing that I can really say about it, uh, I know my personally I'm not afraid uh, because I'm a Christian. I believe in Lord Jesus Christ to protect me. I have covenant agreements with him, but whatever he chooses to do, that, that's fine with me too. I don't particularly want to suffer through the after effects of the nuclear war, Uh that would be another nightmare within itself. Can we stop it? In all honesty, past events they can't be stopped if the people in control don't want it stopped. If they've engineered it by design. So it's not going to be stopped. Unless the Lord Himself intervenes, but I certainly wish that we hadn't murdered eighty million babies in the womb. Because you have to ask yourself the question: Whose side is God really on right now? Is it on the United States, and the United States become an enemy of God? Search the scriptures. I think you'll find the answers to that. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. As you're talking, just a quick interjection. Uh, there's probably a lot of thought going on right now in people's hearts and minds about what we're hearing. Um, you know, some people will always take a position of, man, I've heard that before, won't pay much attention to it. Others who have been expecting it because it's been prophetic and it's biblical, uh, probably tuning in a little bit more. Others will actually do something about it. Uh, the questions that I have, what I was looking at, it's not just anymore. Um, You know, the shedding of innocent blood. That's really, really, really bad. And we've talked about that for years. But the fact is they had this woman, her Megan, somebody was on uh, The Talk, uh, which is a program that goes all over the world uh, about all these women. And they brought her on to explain herself why she and her husband, Machine Gun Kelly, uh, are drinking each other's blood. And she went on to tell the story. That's what they do in a ritualistic form. They drink the blood of each other for their union, and it's very much a ritual. And now that's being touted and talked about all over the world because she's coming from the European continent. Things have gotten so crazy that we're not just killing innocent blood any longer, but the people that we're talking about are drinking their blood, eating their hearts, Uh, There's a tremendous amount of information that has come out out of Hollywood. There have been uh, whistleblowers and uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island and all the stuff that's been going on. So a lot of really crazy witchcraft, uh, you know, uh, much like Sodom and Gomorrah would be, along with the homosexual agenda, where you have the secretary uh, of the state, I believe it is, Peter Buttigieg. And uh, he's the, uh, Peter is married to a man and it's his husband. And uh, several months ago, they had adopted twins. And so they show Peter Boudicu and his husband. His husband's in a hospital laying in a bed holding the two little uh, twin babies. And now the husband of Peter Boudicu is being revealed as he's waving the rainbow color flag, calling young people, young people, uh, as young as eight years old and, and into their teens, to embrace the rainbow flag, to give their allegiance to the rainbow flag for their unique homosexuality, and so what lends credence to what you're saying today is that the abomination, where in the book of Peter and Second uh, Peter and in the book of Jude, uh, both Jude and Peter made it known that Sodom and Gomorrah were set as an example, which means a pattern for anybody that follows their lead. And so the nations have been so blasphemous in their witchcraft and in their drinking of blood, their shedding innocent blood, their corruption and their defilement and their dishonoring of themselves. Um, this is where you stand back and say, well, nuclear bombs, dirty bombs in major cities around the world, in United States and in Europe. Well, you start thinking about Russia, and you start thinking about China, and you start thinking about North Korea, and you start speaking about, thinking about Iran, and you start thinking about suitcase nuclear weapons that were smuggled into the United States. And you start thinking about uh, more particularly, for example, uh, the, the uh, alignment of things, these stars lining up. Well, in the book of Revelation, we start with this second horse just, you know, for where we are right now. When he had opened the second seal, I heard a second beast say, come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. Is, is Russia the red horse? Communism red? Only God knows who this red horse is, to take peace from the earth, and that thou, they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. Is that the nuclear sword that John F. Kennedy talked about? Is it the Satan II sword in Russia's hands or more sophisticated weapons that we don't know about, as you just said? Well, what what, lends, what, what follows that, this nuclear sword, this great sword of war uh, where there's going to be a lot of death, what well, we find in Revelation 6:5, when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see, and be I beheld, and lo, a black horse, He that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny. Well, a penny was a day's wage in those days. So a measure of wheat for a day's wage, that's economic imbalance. That's soaring food prices. And three measures of barley for a penny, which is even less. See, you hurt not the oil and the wine. So following this war or during this war, the economic imbalance will hit the nations of the earth prices will soar it'll begin that way and that ultimately leads to revelation chapter 6 verse 7 when they had opened the fourth seal i heard the fourth uh, the voice of the fourth beast say come and see i looked and behold a pale horse which is a light green colored horse his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger there's your famine, and with death, and with the beast of the earth. So these four horses, the white horses, which is the one we didn't talk about, because I think it's already been the, the horse of deception. It's already been released. It's gone forth. And I think it'll ride continually to the very end, as will these other horses. But you put those four colors together. I think it's phenomenal, the white horse, the red horse, the black horse, the greenish-colored horse. That's the color of the Islamic world today that may be a useful tool in the hands of a Russia or a uh, China, North Korea, also useful uh, to these great powers and principalities that God will empower to bring the fire on the cities of America that have touted and promoted this uh, Sodom and Gomorrah environment that we live in. So that's not just making things up, Brother Don. This is uh, Bible prophecy. This is validation of the weapons of mass destruction that will destroy cities around the world that have been participants in this homosexual, sodomite environment that has been promoted, along with the drinking of blood, the eating of children's hearts, the shedding of innocent blood. The righteous judgment of God is validate it and we have been accelerated to this moment. The pause is nearly over, the pang is ready to come, and we're talking about the nuclear weapons and the Bible confirms it. Your thoughts?
0: I think what what's gonna happen here, um I think we're gonna take a nuclear hit. Now the thing I noticed with, with Russia in their attacks are very surgical because uh, they they to trying to, well, they're, they're fighting other Russians, Ukrainians and Russians, so they're, they're fighting their brothers. It looks like a big civil war. Um, and But I agree with Russia. They're trying to wrestle uh, Ukraine away from fascists. They're are willing to let the United States, uh, NATO, do anything they want to do in there, including putting uh, nuclear uh, missiles five minutes away from Moscow in Ukraine. That's the thing that really sets us off, and they won't back off. They won't do anything because they're intent on destroying Russia. So I think what's going to happen here is uh, we're going to take a hit. I'm hoping it's a surgical hit. I'm sure New York City will be gone, uh, probably Washington, although I want to get rid of Washington. I mean, Washington is serving the communist cause really well. Uh, and they're doing real good about destroying our country. So, but I'm sure Washington will get hit too because it's, it's a hub. And uh, I think what's going to happen, uh, suitcase nudes, you, get, you have all these supercells that have uh, worked their way in here. They know that there's 200 uh, missing suitcase nudes uh, out of, uh, of Chechen stores when uh, Russia first fell. They're sold on the black market for million bucks apiece. piece. Uh, also, it's my understanding that uh, about three hundred and fifty Davy Crockett suitcase suit mates are missing from our armor, which is interesting. Uh, so where are they at? And that ties into nine one one, but that's another story. Uh, but I think we're gonna t- uh, we're gonna get. Uh, tore up real good with nuclear weapons. Hopefully not big ICVDNs, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, either way, it's going to create a uh, chaos environment for about six months. I don't know that's made, about six months. A bitter of fighting in the United States for food. imagine uh, a lot of squalls will be Uh the cities will be locked down uh, by our military and something would uh, be a military tactic called containment. They'll uh, contain the cities and not let anyone come out. And the people in the cities uh, will be completely dependent on the people that are containing in certain types of food. Well, who knows? They just may let it rock and, and not do anything. You don't know who those soldiers are even going to be that are going to be containing the city. But either way, uh, about six months, I figure, and then invasion. Trudeau up there in Canada is already letting Chinese troops be stationed up there. Uh, Everyone knows it. Everyone knows that Trudeau is a a communist traitor and he loves China. China loves him to, to the point where Trudeau is actually allowing Chinese troops to be stationed in Canada. Who knows the numbers? But I believe we'll be invaded down through there. Once we are softened up for about six months of fighting among ourselves for food and for whatever, uh, and basically we're, we've expended our ammunition on each other, that's when you're going to see a Chinese invasion, maybe about a quarter million troops down from the north. Russia, uh, I remember Obama, when he was in, he asked Putin, so 20,000 Russian soldiers, combat troops, could be held in reserve for the United States in case of an event that occurred in the United States. Okay, now he asked for an invasion force of 20,000 troops, Russian troops, to come into the United States to put down any type of disorder. And it's my understanding of uh, Putin granted it. I don't know where it's at now, and you don't know, you don't have any idea what's been smuggled in here. All you can hear is really, hear, hear rumors. But you know one thing's for sure. They can smuggle anything they want to smuggle in here, including uh, large groups of soldiers. So... That's what I think is going to happen. I think the United States could be invaded. Uh, China wants the United States to feed their populations. They refer to the United States as the beautiful land, and they want it. And they're going to take it as uh, empire conquest. And at the end of the day, this is all going to be about empire. And the American empire has been betrayed. It's been destroyed financially. Morally, 50% of people are given a deadly gene therapy shot that basically is giving them AIDS. So slowly they're going to die. They once again die right off. Uh, a lot of these people are dying already, but they're still hiding it. you are not going to see this on NSNBC or
1: CNN
0: because the people that are doing this own those, those networks. They own the media. Uh, you might even be taking a chance with Fox. That could even be controlled opposition because Fox is not telling you everything that they know. And so as far as I'm concerned, they're compulsive. So alternative media is about the only place you have to go. And you have to sort it out and you have to figure out what's true or not. Holy Spirit will tell you. Uh, it's the Spirit the Truth living in you. A lot of times, or most times, he'll tell you if something's true or not. it just give you that impression or not. But all you really have is the alternative media right now. And you're not going to have it much longer because these traders are making moves on alternative media and they're doing everything they can to destroy it. Because alternative media, the real American people, are the enemy of the new world order freaks that have gained control of this country at the highest levels and even at the lower levels now. And when I saw yep. them did that plot shot to half the American people, when I saw that, I knew right then how the people just danced right into those shot clinics and took that deadly shot. I mean, does somebody have to tell you that you shouldn't take an experimental gene therapy shot given to you by the U.S. government? Really? that you, you know, they could have never pulled this off 10, 20 years ago. They couldn't have done it. These guys are doing what they know they can get away with. That's all they're doing. And it looks to me like they basically defeated us. At least they yep. defeated their yeah. go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: No, no, no. It's okay. Uh, I just, I, I don't want to get too far ahead. Um, there's something important that you brought up. And uh, I want to go back to those uh, missing Davy Crockett's uh, that are you, you hear uh, in the United States that went missing. And I just want to connect the thought to that. Okay. Because I was, uh, this, this is the truth. I'm going to read just a little bit of an article that's come out right now. Some friends shared it with me. It was on Fox news. It was, uh, Tucker Carlson brought it up. There are many other news agencies that brought this out. This is a reality that I'm about to share with you. And just before I do, uh, Don, I was thinking about how the left today, the communist agenda at work in America today through the, present administration is more concerned about domestic terrorism. And uh, th- what they're saying is people who hate and resist this present administration are potentially terrorists who will detonate suitcase nuclear weapons or dirty bombs. And because of this, a new council is being formed to investigate everyone and anyone who disagrees with the present administration and speaks contrary to their narrative. So here's the article. And this is coming out of Fox News. This is CNSN News. This is all kinds of the, the alternative news that you were talking about. Mayorkas, um, the new fe- who's the head of the Homeland Security. This is, this is a genuine article. Homeland Security uh, head, DHS. New federal organization addresses disinformation that imperils the safety and security of our homeland. And here's a quote. We have just established a mis- and Disinformation Governance Board in the Department of Homeland Security to more effectively combat this threat, not only to election security, but to our homeland security. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas told Congress on Wednesday. On Thursday, Mayorkas said the new disinformation board addresses disinformation that imperils the safety and security of our homeland. And one of the primary areas that we are focused on is the dissemination of disinformation and its potential connectivity to violence. Now, according to the Associated Press, Department of Homeland Security said in a statement on Wednesday, quote, the spread of disinformation can affect border security, American safety during disasters, and public trust in our democratic institutions. Representative Jim Jordan uh, from Ohio at a House Judiciary Committee hearing on Thursday challenged Mayorkas on the creation of a board dubbed the Ministry of Truth by critics. And then they get into the whole dialogue. But here it is. Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security, wants to, or is forming a board to address disinformation uh, or, or wrong information that's going out, which would include anybody that speaks out against the, uh, the pandemic, that speaks out against the CDC, that speaks out against Joe Biden administration, that speaks out against homosexuality, that speaks out against abortion, that speaks out against anything. Because these people that are producing these boards, the, the head of the Department of Homeland Security, uh, and so many other people connected to it, are now in the process of demonizing anybody that has a contradictory narrative to what they're producing. So, if we say that Russia is better off than the United States, you now are become an enemy of this communistic agenda. If you say anything against the homosexual agenda, you're contrary to the uh, to the safety of our free, uh, 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 you know, democratic society. And so their particulars are running deep. They're not really expressing exactly how far their council is going to go. But as we said yesterday, the time is coming where many councils are going to be developed and people, Christians particularly, uh, who are speaking against or are contrary to the demonic doctrine and narrative that's being controlled right now will be brought before councils, just like Jesus said. And Don, this is all happening. So, You know, whatever and however this is all going down, it is certainly going down, and the rise of this global beast and control is at the door. But what a better way than to bring six months of terror through, uh, you know, nuclear weapons and then a lights out scenario and diminishing a quarter of the population of the earth, just like the Bible said, so that we have an easier task of controlling the people when everything comes back online. What are your thoughts about this?
0: Well, that's the first thing communists do is they destroy any opposition to them. They cut off any type of uh, alternative communication uh, and uh, then they round you up and they kill you. It's just that simple. All you have to do is look at what Stalin did uh, to Ukraine. And uh, doodle, it's vicious, and it's murderous, and it's like nothing. It's a scourge is all that it is. And, uh, well, even Hitler did the same thing. Hitler, <laughs> he is a little more slick about it. He gave all the German people uh, shortwave radios. They were ecstatic. He says, now, here's a shortwave radio. That so much I love you. You can all listen to to us when we talk. However, you cannot listen to radio-free Europe. If you, if you dial that in and we catch you, we're going to kill you. And yeah, you see the old World War Two movies with these radio trucks driving around with the big uh, loops on the top? Well, they're looking for anyone that's listening to radio for Europe. And when they would zero your location, they'd break down your door, they'd grab you, they'd haul you off to, uh, to camps, or they'd kill you right in place, just like they said. That's how they control the information. Give you a way to obtain it. Like, you have a way to obtain information right now through MSNBC, CNN, uh, all of these communist-controlled news sources, uh, but if they don't want you listening to alternative media. Right now, they're making a move on it to where they can shut it all down. And uh, if, uh, if, they, if they succeed you're only going to have them i see people all the time that's all they listen to is uh listen to that uh television set with with MSNBC and CNN and you know and the thing is it's laughable because they can't think they can't think outside the box they've lost the ability they have no idea the truth of what's going on around them even in their own country you know and the thing is what that box is doing is twisting good into evil and evil into good. And people are sitting in front of the thing eight, ten hours a day. And they're brainwashed. It's just that simple. They're brainwashed. And, you know, that's that's how the government is getting them to do this. This is how the government got them to walk in and take that uh, deadly uh, gene therapy shot by telling them that oh, well, this is what you got to do and, you know, it's, what you, what we do as Americans, you know, and they're waving the American flag and convincing everybody that it's good for them, and they're killing them. They're killing them wholesale. But uh, even now, well, now it's not so much. Now people are going, hey, something's wrong. But see, they're not going to let them catch their breath. They're going to they're pull out a new beach ball to, for them to play with, something new to distract them. That's why this Johnny Depp stuff and all that stuff you see in the, People talking about the stupidity and glorifying the sodomy and homosexuality and lesbianism as this is, as this is, it's desirable and now we are going after your kids. I was talking to a a, doc, a female doctor the other day. We we're talking about and she's very good, but she's brainwashed. And I was talking about the shot to her and she says, "Oh, I'm getting ready to give it to my three-year-old." I said, "What?" He goes. Yeah, my whole family got boots and everything. My kids and it. We're gonna give it to my three year old. And I said, hold the phone, hold the phone. What's even in that shot? And she just looks at me like, well, they, you know, she doesn't know what's in it. She doesn't know it's a, an experimental shot. Well, she did, She did know that. Yeah, I heard it was experimental, but she was a big proponent of that shot. And finally, I I told her, I said, look, don't give that to your three year old. Save his life and don't give it to him. And finally, she conceded that, well, we do know we made a mistake. I says, but we don't want to admit it. I says, what are you doing? You know you made a mistake, but now you're getting ready to give it to your three-year-old. See, these people cannot think. They've lost the ability to think for themselves. All they all they know how to do is follow step, they love that term, lockstep, into the slaughterhouse, found the next sheep in front because that's the direction everybody's going, and that's what they're doing. So the death in this country in the next few years, besides nuclear war, just from the bioattack they put on it and that biological attack weapon called the uh, experimental gene therapy, COVID shot, all of that, it's going to cause a tremendous amount of death in this country. And the thing is, what are they going to die from? Or oh, they're going to die from uh, now. They, what they what Fauci was a real big researcher on AIDS. Prion disease is what they've given these people. That is AIDS. So what's going to happen is they're going to die because they don't have an immune system anymore. And they're all going to die of anything that comes along. Have you noticed everyone that's in the hospital with COVID right now are vaccinated? Have you noticed that? And the big elephant in the room is everyone that's not vaccinated isn't getting COVID or they got it and it was a speed bump, you know, it was like a cold. Any type of illness will kill a very old person. Flu the common cold, anything like that. But when you when you put people together that are sick, well, naturally they're all going to get killed. That's what happened in a nursing home. You ran all these thousands of people in there with each other that were sick, and they gave it to each other. That's all that happened. They could have handled it completely different, but they didn't want to. They wanted this stuff, especially in New York. Now, <clears throat> I'm telling you right now, Anyone's listening to my voice, do not let them shoot that stuff into you. It's a death sentence, and it's coming out more and more and more and more. And to prove my point right now, look at all the people that are in the hospital with COVID. They've all been vaccinated. Eighty percent of them. What does that tell you? It's not a vaccination. It's something else. What it is, it's meant to kill you, to destroy your immune system. It's that simple. That's what it's for. That's why China is bragging that they have destroyed the United States through biological attack. That's right. They got them to, they, they sent that COVID in here as a fast-moving, fast mover. but the real attack was what they call the vaccine, and they had it all ready to go. It, look at alternative media. Some of these people, that some of these very intelligent, doctors, they're trying to get it out to you, what they're finding in these autopsies and these people that are all clogged up with these clots. They're trying to show you, they're trying to get it to you. And you're not going to see any of this on a regular television. You're going to have to search for it and find the truth. And my one question to you is, does somebody have to tell you not to take an experimental Gene therapy shot given to you by the U.S. government. Really? So let's tell you not to do that. And at the end of the day, you know what they're going to say to you? Well, you know it was experimental. Or, yeah, we made a mistake. Half of you are dead already, but, you know, yeah, we made a mistake. Let's just move on. That's what they're going to do. And you're not going to have any choice.
1: All right. And then
0: there's there's the other question, too, of, this, this, this spike protein is being continually generated in the human body and taking that shot. It never stops. And it also sheds. So now you got to be around people that have been vaccinated. But they say vaccine. I hate that word. But you got to be around people that took that deadly thing into their body and now they're shedding it on everybody. That's another thing too. So. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to that. And uh, I was telling our listeners they probably want to tune in next week on, and this is fine, by the way, on uh, theomegaradio.org because after our conversation, I'm sure that YouTube's going to take us off the air, which is fine. Uh, you're telling the truth, trying to save people's lives, and that's what we're doing. But what do you say to people, Don, that uh, are going to ask this question? They're going to say, well, what about, you know, you're telling people to resist. You're telling people not to take this shot. You're telling people that this shot will kill you. It'll, it'll reassemble in your body. You are part uh, of the narrative, the contrary narrative of the CDC, of the governmental powers. And your conversation is leading people not to take the shot. And if they die, then their blood is on your hands kind of narrative. So we got this back and forth going on here. Um, but here is a, a, someone asked, well, what do you do? Romans chapter 13 is one of the most profound passages, and I want to get your take on it, because what it says in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, is let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power resists the ordinance of God and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. So, Don, immediately somebody reads this and they say, you are resisting the higher power of the presidential administration, the Biden administration, the CDC. Uh, You're calling them communists. You're calling these shots a, a death shot. You are resisting the higher power but the Bible says we're not supposed to resist. What is your initial thought to that uh, Bible passage?
0: Well, I was a policeman, all right? And I truly believe that, that uh, God uh, have, uh instituted policemen. Uh, he refers to them as ministers of justice, and they bear not the sword in vain. But God, when you take an oath of office as a policeman, that's a righteous oath. And it, you also swear before God. I know I did. Uh, I also, uh, after I took it, I held the badge they gave up to me, and held it to God, and I said, God, this is your badge. I'll, I'll, I'll go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do, but you're in control of this badge. So I had two oaths. But the point of telling me is this. If I took a righteous oath to serve man, And then I took my office out onto the street, and I stole, I killed uh, innocent people. I took took everything for myself, and I completely violated that righteous oath. Am I somebody that should be respected and and be obeyed, or should I be rejected? And see, this is what's going on in Washington, D.C., They've allowed homosexuality and sodomy to enter under our country. They've mass murdered our babies, 80 million dead, 80 million babies, children that were specially put here by God with a mission for each each of them had a mission assigned to them by God to, to live their life, to honor him, and they murdered them with abandon. Now, I understand in California, you got like, 30 days or 60 days, to decide if you're going to murder your own baby. I mean, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. God cannot be the author of that. That can only be the like Satan. It's just like, if, as a policeman, if I became a bad policeman on the street after I took that oath, no matter what my intentions were, if I became dirty, then that's not uh, anything that God did. That's not anything that God authored. That's something that I offered and I think there needs to be uh, I believe that God is the author of righteous government but I don't believe that God is the author of evil government. I believe that's got more to do with Satan and individual human will so uh, as far as that that uh, uh, that uh, excerpt from Romans I've heard that many times. But I think I understand what it means. And I will stand before God with my understanding of Romans 13. And I know that God's intent was to found righteous government. And if man takes that government and turns it satanic, that's got nothing to do with God at that point. That's the way I look at it.
1: Okay, so with that said, we'll go on just a little bit further. Um, in verse 13. So if you read the first two verses, you come up with this idea, you know, let every soul be subject to the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Okay, it really sounds like what it means, but verse three, it comes in. For rulers, or this higher power, are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. So these powers that we're referring to in Romans 13 are supposed to be a terror to what is evil. Now, the last time I checked, uh, the powers that be in our country are not a terror to evil because you have to describe evil from God's perspective. Homosexuality is evil. Transgenderism is evil. Abortion is evil. The corruption that comes out of Hollywood is evil. The corruption that comes out of government is evil. So the rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. So our government, uh, the higher powers, would have to be something that puts terror in evil. Uh, Will you then not be afraid of the power? That's a terror to evil. Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. All right, well, we do good. I don't get much praise. How about you? But then it says, for he is the minister of God. As a matter of fact, we're not getting praise for the good that we're doing by presenting the word of God that's telling the satanic agenda. We're being persecuted for telling what is good, kicked off the radio, kicked off the air in a free speech society, and being demonized and told that we are wrong and we're the enemy. So verse 4, for he is the minister of God to thee for good, okay? But if you do that which is evil, well, you should be afraid, okay? Okay. For he bears not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that does evil. Okay, but when, it's confusing to me because, Don, and I want to get your take on this, because if you're a good citizen and you're doing what's good before God, because these are God's ministers, so we got to get God's perspective on good and evil. So if I'm doing good and right in exposing the darkness and speaking the truth in love and, you know, standing for what is right, and the evil persecutes people for doing it. That really doesn't fit in this economy of scripture, does it? Uh,
0: well, evil. Well, evil war against evil. I think that's what you're asking. Uh, evil has only one purpose, and that's to serve evil itself. Evil doesn't serve righteousness at least not knowingly. So uh, I, think the, I think the formula is very simple, and I think the formula is uh, honor your own Christianity first, obey God, and God will lead the way through all of that. I know as a policeman, I did. I, there was a lot of times I just didn't know which way to turn. But I, knew, I did know one thing. I knew God was leading the way the whole time. So I was confused on certain issues, but all I, I learned to just sit back and let God be God, and he will show me what the truth is to the situation. And I think a, I think a Roman 13 is, is is fundamentally the same way. God will show you how that is to be exerc- exercise exercised. As a Christian in his ordinary life, I sincerely believe that to a point. Uh, a Christian is to cooperate with government, even if it turns evil. Right now, we're cooperating with evil. I mean, we're not storming Washington, D.C. with guns. We're not storming the uh, abortion planets with guns, blowing them into pieces. And, it, you know, I, you got to ask yourself, would that please God? Well, God isn't saying to do that just yet, is it? But does he hate all that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. God says, I hate the shedding of innocent blood. I hate homosexuality. These are two things that he hates. He's destroyed entire civilizations over sodomy and uh, the shedding of innocent blood. We know that. We have the historical biblical record for that. So, But is God commanding us to do that right now? Uh, I get that question all the time. And I do know that... Uh, God is very explicit when he gives us instructions when it's time for you to do something he'll let you know and uh, right now I don't know I, I, you know I, I, sometimes I think God is just letting this thing cook you know God is allowing this veneer to be stripped away from the American people to realize that hey you know what you're not all that really that special look at what you've allowed to happen here you have' done anything Look what your leaders have done. They're leading you into oblivion, and you're just dancing around and laughing. I used to watch 30, 40 guys at a time going to these shock clinics uh, where I worked at the hospital. I used to try to talk to them. You couldn't talk them out of it. They're like children just laughing and joking. Uh, Men and women in a big line going in there to get killed by something that they knew was wrong. They knew it was wrong to take it. If they just la- I mean, one guy told me, he says, oh, well, you got to die from something. <laughs> and I just looked at him and I says, really? And, and now they all got their stuff in them. Now they're all slowly dying. And the thing is, uh, I think that their own foolishness has to be a testimony to them. And I think collectively the American people are sitting back and watching the foolishness that, and sin that this country has got itself involved in. Ever since the 50s and 60s, we're really... And now you're seeing the conclusion of it. And what's it going to end in? What does sin always end in? Death. And what you're seeing now, you're seeing a culture of death, a country that has been destroyed and will die, is dying right before you. And I don't know, maybe it's a testimony to the American people. Maybe the whole world has to see this to, to see what can happen. I don't know. God is allowing evil to a certain point. But see, that's his business. And I know personally I have to account for everything in my own life, and I see evil all the time, and I do know that God says, I will repay. I am in charge of that. You sit back. I'll take care of this. I'm totally in control. I am the great I am. I will decide. And, you know, his thoughts are greater than ours. They're way above ours. But I do know one thing. I've seen God's justice many times. I've seen it administered in many ways, and not just in a courtroom, more likely not in a courtroom. And from what I've seen, I'm good. I'm good. I have complete peace about it. Awesome. uh, (laughs)
1: Let me just interject a quick thought. Okay, a couple of things here. Um, number one, the cup is full. There's no doubt that the cup in America in mystery's hand, you know, you look at that Statue of Liberty out there in the harbor of New York, and her hand is lifted high. Uh, the cup is full, the iniquity is full in our nation. And so the conclusion, the wrapping up of the only thing that happens when a cup of iniquity is full is that judgment hits the land. So there's no doubt that the biblical understanding about what's happening in our country is that judgment has hit the land. And judgment always begins in the house of God. So the the church in America is being judged because of the atmosphere and the climate that they have to live in now. And many of them are departing and actually engaging this new environment and participating like the church in Rome was doing when Paul wrote the letter to the Romans. They were Choosing the world of being dark, but they were doing the same things. We see a lot of that going on in the church in America today. So judgment is begun. We saw churches shut down. We see a, a lot of things that are going to happen in the church with persecution. Then the righteous judgment of God will fall. Uh, so it's the sin of the church that we're dealing with. The judgment is all over the land because of the silence of the church. We get that. Nonetheless, it is judgment. Now, when Paul wrote Romans 13, He wrote it when Nero was in power. Nero was in power from 54 A.D. to 68 A.D. He's the one that lit the city streets of Rome with Christians' bodies. He blamed the great fire of Rome because he wanted his golden house, uh, his golden palace. And so some said he was clearing space so he could build his grand temple. And so he blamed the Christians. They said he was kind of a madman. History doesn't really you know, validate one way or the other. But we know that if you light people's bodies on fire and make them torches to light up the streets, you're probably a little bit insane. Um, so Nero's the guy, Paul's writing this letter to the church to submit. And so people try to grapple with that. Well, if God's telling me to submit while Nero's in power, uh you know, what happens? And so the turning, maybe in the beginning he, w- he was known to be a friend of the commoners, the lower, the lower standard of people. Uh, the aristocracy did not like him at all. So maybe he was kind of, you, know, you know, one of these folks, and maybe things weren't so bad until they turned, and then the persecution came. People should have seen it. But my point is this. With, with what is happening in our world today, What's happening in our country today, we remember that the United States of America was formed out of a revolution. And to that, there's no doubt. That is our uh, history. That is the history of the United States of America, that the people that came here fled the tyranny of oppressive government, both church and state, and they came here and the king wanted power over them. And so we went to a bloody war called the Revolution. And it appears at this time where many Christians are saying, well, what do I do? If Romans was penned that I'm supposed to yield and submit to the Nero-like government, um, why did the United States break away and then fight a revolution? And if someone says, well, that was wrong, they should have never done that well, then this country would have never existed, and we would not be here, most likely, and uh, you could, you know, try to figure these things out, very difficult to do, but the fact is that America gained her liberty and her freedom from fighting tyranny, and now the tyrannists are calling the good people of the country the tyrannists, and it's all and confused, so the separation obviously has to take place Come out of her, my people. Be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. But how deep does that separation go? And Don, in your understanding of things, are we facing another revolution right here? A Civil War revolution, a double portion of revolution, not against tyranny from afar over the pond, but right here at home, a Civil War revolutionary flavor. Is that what we are facing? And if so, what are people supposed to be doing?
0: Well, they're doing it. Yeah, we're we're in, we're in a revolution right now. You see, every, you see people buying guns everywhere. They're arming up. They're getting ready. They've been doing that for 10, 15 years. And uh, I know a lot of a lot of people bought lots of weapons and bullets and all that, and they just put them away and, and ask them, what are you doing? And so, well, it's just for the future, in case, in case, in case. You I know, know what they're doing? That? Uh, they're, they're Americans. That's why they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, far, as far as the use of arms God wasn't against that Jesus himself armed his disciples when he entered the Garden of the uh, Gethsemane because he wasn't sure what the outcome was going to be he thought he might have to fight I'm sure, I'm sure they had to fight before that's what confused Peter when Peter drew out his sword and cut off the, the uh, high priest uh, servant's ear he was confused Jesus said no no it's not time to fight now and then Peter yeah, I mean Wait a minute, you gave me this sword. Well, what are you talking about? He said, Well, no, we settled this. I settled it with my father. So, uh, but it wasn't settled when he ended, uh, the got into Gethsemane. He thought he might have to fight. And those disciples were armed, and they were armed before that. They only had two or three swords, but they were openly armed, and they probably had, had, did have to fight at one point or another. So God's not against that. Uh, Jesus himself used force against the uh, money changers in the temple. He fashioned the whip and, and uh, beat them all up and overturned the tables and everything. Jesus could be violent, and God and violence is uh, not something God is against. He's against it being used at the wrong time. Uh, I think that uh, America was basically founded on a gun culture because they had to be, because they were, in order to exist, they had to fight the British, which, which was the world's biggest army at the time. And God obviously wanted America uh, founded, and look what America accomplished after it was being founded. It spread the gospel throughout the world. If it wasn't for the United States, the gospel would have never gone forth in the world like it has. Uh, America was known as uh, a good country that would fed the the entire world. America is blessed. Uh, America has made mistakes. There's no doubt about that, but they've corrected their mistakes too, and they've paid for the mistakes in blood. America was involved in slavery, putting uh, uh, other men that were brought to them by their brothers to become slaves in the United States, uh, black slaves. There's Irish slaves that were sent here uh, because they owed money. They had to serve. And that was uh, America paid in blood for that. I mean, well, a couple hundred thousand uh, Union soldiers went down there from up here and fought the Confederates to stand still. Was the issue slavery? Uh, I think in God's mind it was. I don't think I think in man's mind it was taxation. But God inevitably heard the cries of those people. They were in bondage and he sent warriors down there to free them. So God has his way of doing things and he uses armies, and he uses force, he uses arms, uh, he uses uh, weapons of the flesh. But those are God's armaments. He pressed them into the service. Now, What's the long and short of that? I'll tell you what the long and short of it is. God does what he wants to do. It's just that simple. Uh, God himself is a warrior. Open the Old Testament and you'll see he's a warrior. But God wants things done his way. And he raises up men to do them. God's raising up men in this country right now. And believe me, when... Uh, these Russian and Chinese troops come in here because they've been given to, uh, the country's been given to them by traitors in our government, they're going to have to fight or they're going to be taken over by the uh, unmerciful armies. I mean, you you, you talk about unmerciful. Uh, Chinese, when they oppress a population, they go all out. There's no mercy. But see, these are pagan armies. And here's, here's, the, end, the end of it is this. We, as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit that was placed in us. That being said, we have the Spirit of truth in us. God will tell us what's true. I mean, we have the Scriptures, yes, but we also have the Holy Spirit in us. That is what gives us the ability to understand what's happening. That's what keeps us from being sucked into this delusion that people are under right now. They don't know what the truth is. They don't have the Holy Spirit. And so what they are is the products of the world, of the flesh. That's what tells them that it's true. So if, if the world tells them, hey, it's okay for a man to be with a man, or it's okay for a a child to be with a man or a woman to be with a woman, they don't know any better. They're ignorant. They don't know how much of a hatred God has for that type of thing. It's a sin of the flesh, but God is against the flesh. He wants you to honor the spirit, to walk in the spirit. And The only way you can do that is to accept the blood sacrifice for your sins that Jesus Christ paid on the cross. At that point, if you do that and you mean it, God will send his Holy Spirit to live in you and guide you to all truth. That's the difference. That's why we can sit here and we can understand this and speak about this, because the Holy Spirit of God lives in us. And you have to notice how Christians, mostly real Christians, they all think alike. Before Once finishes the sentence, the other one knows what he's going to say. That's because the spirit of truth lives in him. That's what we have Mm -hmm. most to be thankful for, to walk through this world with the spirit of God living in us, to walk in his Holy Spirit and to be able to navigate all this insanity and all this worldly thought that is basically right now destroying or bringing death to the United States. In, in record time now. You know. Yeah. And whatever um, happens, whatever happens, we'll be fine, you know?
1: Yes. If, one yeah. more
0: thought. I can,
1: Le- yes, sir. Let me interject. Let me just interject one more because we're, we're running out of time. We've got 11 minutes here. I want to get this thought out, and I want you to finish it, please. Um, talking about a revolution, okay, uh, when people are preparing for a revolution – Uh, One must prepare, right, and respond before they sink in despair and fear and are taken over by that which is contrary to God. So, in other words, people need to wake up right now to what is happening, what is forming. Whether you're a part of it or not, you need to understand what will be. I mean, this is going to happen uh, unless the people that are afraid and are in despair, they're like the proverbial frog in the pot, and then they become useless to any particular cause except for captivity, Uh, Just another thought, and I think it's important, concerning uh, Joe Biden, and I am not being cruel when I say this. I think it's a fact, um, and everybody knows it, that Joe Biden is not mentally competent to be the president of any country except a country that is being destroyed. And I believe that. I believe God is saying this, that the man that they have up there, the, the man that they're using as a puppet It's a very embarrassing thing. It's a very sad thing. Everybody knows that. But we have to understand it. Why are they doing this? Why is Joe Biden obviously incompetent to be able to run the office because of the dementia, the old age, the forgetfulness, the mind can't say a word, a sentence, falling down, falling asleep, all these different things? That's the the only country he could ever be beneficial to is a country that's being undermined and destroyed and he's being used to do that. So with that being said, that gets back to the internal revolution that obviously is going to happen in this country, and yet many people are in despair, and they're afraid because they don't know what to do. And uh, that's how I want to finish the broadcast right now. You've been talking about how people need to draw near to God. They need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and be led by the Holy Spirit. But that means you have to start asking questions. What are we to do right now? What are we witnessing? Are we, you see, now much of the church is believing that the midterm elections in November are going to turn the tide again, and we're going to go back to a more Trumpian administration, a more Trumpian uh, time. And a lot of people are saying, this is the opportunity for the greatest revival. Uh, Get our elected officials, get Christians in the positions of power, and there's a great blessing coming at the end of this year. There's a great revival ready to break out at the end of this year i can 't see that it may be obviously we could any one of us could be wrong, but that 's not the narrative of scripture for this time right now, Don. It is more of the next birth pang is about to 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 sound loudly uh, a shriek, a shiver a a shout is going to come from the woman 's mouth because of this next pang, and that 's what i 'm sensing coming is more of a pang, not a revival. Those who have been preaching revival for a generation have not seen that revival, uh, but what we've seen is the contrary to it. So I suspect that that narrative that the, you know, that some parts of the church are pr- promoting is not another, re- it's not a reality. It's a false hope being given to people, but maybe, you know, time will tell that they were right. I don't believe it. So what should people do if what the, what, what they're saying is not true The revolution is real. The demonization and dehumanization and persecution is coming swiftly that we see rising. What do people do right now? Final thoughts before we go, please.
0: Well, I always said that the uh, American people believe themselves to be free, and the more they realize they're not, the matter they're going to get. I don't believe if they were able to get away with stealing in the last national election, that they're not going to be able to steal the next one. So I don't think there's going to be a political solution here at all. I think you're seeing a country that is basically collapsed under the weight of its own corruption and lies. And it's it's I don't see any remedy here. I really don't. And now its leaders are trying to lead it into nuclear war and probably will succeed. I mean, what future does America have right now? I don't see it. Even if, even if uh, like, they build an eight-foot wall around the White House. Line away. <laughs> they figure the peasants are going to storm the Bastille. They're going to have enough, and they're going to bring those 30,000 rifles to Washington, D.C. and take over. So <laughs> I don't see where that's going to do any good. Because the, the roots of this go way, 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 way too deep. And uh, do I think the United States government will bring the Army in there and mow down twenty thirty thousand 30,000 people? Yeah, I think they do that. I think they do anything, to, especially if it turned into a shooting war. I think it would, it would be another Ukrainian situation. There's no doubt about it. And the military, the leaders in charge of the military right now, come on. I read, the stuff, I read some of the stuff going on in there right now with this Wolf thing. I mean, they have basically decapitated our military as far as leadership. So I don't know. I, I can. I was in the military. I know what's going to happen with these enlisted guys. They're going to say, I'm, I'm not going to be part of this. I'm going home. They're going to do that. So you're not really going to have a military that's going to oppose anybody. But the citizenry are going to have to fight. They're going to have to fight state by state. Forget Washington D.C. Forget that whole thing. It's over. The states need to suck into each other and fortify their own states. We could have interstate cooperation. And after this thing goes down, maybe a little bit in the future, you can you can establish the federal government again to do the small amount of things it was meant to do, loosely bind the states together, whatever. But these guys are gone. There's no hope for Washington, D.C. It belongs to the enemy. It belongs to China. It's bought and paid for by China. Reports all over, they're going to bring their troops in here to show you that they own it. They're not playing around. These people are gone. The only thing the states can do is say, well, like DeSantis down in Florida. Now, that's a great guy. He, he gets it. He knows exactly what he's going to do. He's established his own state Defense Forces down there. He's established eight militia armories. One was on the old Homestead Air Force base down there to where these people can have access to weapons. He he knows what to do. He knows he's going to have to create his own army, and it's not going to be the state police. It's going to be his own defense militias. Each state's going to have to do that. Texas, I know, they're, they're basically doing that. they <laughs> That is such a mess down there right now because of that border. They're going to have to control that border before they do anything. But each state's going to have to do that. I think the status is basically leading the way right now. I hope to God, God protects him and whatever he's doing can spread. I know these governors know what to do, but they're, they're involved. They're implicated. They're like part of the system. Forget the system. The system's gone. All we have is each other now. That's what's going to have to happen. Okay. Nice thing. I'm sorry, Glenn.
1: You you need another hour. You have a lot in you um, to say this. Uh, It's so funny. I just want to get this out for anybody that has never seen the the show called Jericho. Uh, Jericho was in 2006. Make sure you get it. And watch the series. It's one of the most incredible series. There were two seasons. You won't be able to stop watching it. And Jericho uh, basically shows what happens when somewhere between 8 and 15, I think nuclear weapons are detonated um, in the country and how people provide and have to get through the nonsense until a new government rises. And what's so interesting, Don, is that the, the guy, the, the leader of the new government looks just like Ron DeSantis. It's a very, very interesting thing there. The reality about America, that what you said is not a free nation. Uh, and the scriptures say your country is desolate. This is a reality, and we're facing here in the end times, and um, it's a very, very critical moment in the history of the world. Um, We have a minute left. Don, I want to thank you. Finish your thought up, and then uh, just in 60 seconds, and then we've got to run. Got 90 seconds.
0: Well, along those lines, the people know. that The the men, uh, like in Indiana, the men are ready. I talk to them all the time. They just need a leader. If their government would stand up, even their sheriffs would stand up and say, we're going in this direction, this is what we're going to do. Man, they'd follow in droves. You could have this militia movement up and moving in two weeks in any state. You just have to guide, you have to have leadership to say, we're going to do the right thing. We're for our state. We're going to protect ourselves. That's what we're going to do. And I know they know to do it. They just haven't done it yet. But right now, it's right on the brink. You can feel it. And once again, once again, once again, get saved. If you're not saved, get saved. Get the Holy Spirit in you. That's the only chance that you have in this life and the next.
1: Amen. Brother Don, as usual, uh, you brought out things that people just need to hear. It's a weekend to mull it over, think about it, digest You know, we tell everybody, for all of us here, we chew the meat, we spit out the bone. That's all we do. But I think there's a lot of meat here. Uh, I don't think there was any bone, quite frankly. And I think people are going to have to just look at this, look through the biblical lens. What do I do? Find your place. I think a lot of great information was given. All right. I've got 10 seconds, Brother Don. I love you. God bless you and your family. Be safe until we see you again. And thanks for joining me on the air.
0: You too. And I'm, I'm still praying for Patricia. I know thank she, you. she's
1: getting better. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. God bless you. I'll tell her. All right, that's it for us right now. We want to thank everybody for joining and tuning into the broadcast. A lot to think about. A lot of things. A lot of things to pray about. We're going to leave it there. Lord willing, we'll see you on Tuesday. Um, remember, 24-7 Omega Radio. Yesterday I said that and I forgot to turn it on. Omega Radio, 24 hours, seven days a week. You're going to hear incredible broadcasts, including this one. Repeat it again and again, 24-7-OmegaRadio.org is where you want to go. Thank you for your support that you give to this ministry each month. We're at the end of the month. We sure do appreciate your giving to this work that we may continue to do what we do. We're not asking for much just to pay the bills. Thank you so much for doing that. God bless you. Have a super blessed weekend. Shalom. Shalom.